On this episode of the podcast, Westover tells us about a team that spent a decade being second best, only to sacrifice everything for a taste of glory. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Sounds like Westover's third wife. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Janine. Well, recline that sofa and loosen that tie because this is mismanaged. Welcome to Mismanaged, a podcast where we kick back and criticize the failings of paid sports professionals while also offering them foolproof solutions to all their management woes. I'm joined by Josh Sweezy, Nathaniel Westover, and the one and only Andy Steamstack Spazato. <laughs> about as blue collar as it gets. Oh, oh, yeah. for sure. oh I, that's so funny. I was. Smoke oh. show. I was I was not picturing hard labor. I was actually picturing me in a towel coming out of a a, 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 a steam room. Yeah, that's what I mean. I that's picturing. what I'm picturing. That's my yeah. kind of hard labor. Okay, okay, cool. I'm just, <laughs> just making sure. As the kids say, yeet, yacht, yote. <laughs> and let's get into it. This week, we're going to talk about the NHL. That's hockey Woo! for you acronym lovers out there. <laughs> we are taking it back to 1988 in one of the best second place teams <laughs> to take the rink. Wait. Who, what? Yep. One of the best, not the best teams. Not the best. It's like Pe- it's like Pepsi. This the is the be- this is the Pepsi team of soda. <laughs> this is the this best runner up attractive yeah. groomsman or bridesmaid mm. that just has something off in their eyes and you never <laughs> could really commit to it. Yeah. That's them. Left eye just the be- one of the best second place teams to take the rink. A team that risked it all for one ring. Ooh. You know, that's all, all you need in the end. It's just one. All you Ooh, need one. It cost. <laughs> uh, I will say, though, this is a warning to any and all Calgary Flames fans. You may want to cover your ears or, you know, spend your time petitioning for a less ironic name. Uh, <laughs> Wes Silver, why don't you take us away? <laughs> all right. First, we start out in the year of 1980. Mm. Calgary has just been given their third hockey team in their history, having Wait, moved the not Atlantic. At the same time. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to say, it's yeah. Calgary. Three teams in one. Huh? Calgary, yeah. New York City of Canada. Yeah, I don't know much about Canada, <laughs> I but I wasn't going to. Yeah, they had the Calgary Tigers in 1918, and then the Calgary Cowboys, who neither of those mascots make sense. I like the no, alliteration, though, in the second yeah. one. Hey. Yeah. They had to get rid of the Tiger moniker because it ate someone. So it is wrong. <laughs> Cowboys, they'll never eat anyone. Boy, were they wrong. Jesus. <laughs> but the Atlanta Flames had moved to Calgary, turning them into the Calgary Flames. Flames removed from Atlanta because hockey, surprisingly, was not popular in Atlanta. Sorry, sorry Atlanta, Thrashers. as we learned, is bad at things. Bad mm-hmm. at many sports. Atlanta's a bad town. Yeah. Mm, that is one bad <laughs> town. <laughs> We're three sentences in. <laughs> and that's as far as we'll get, baby. <laughs> Take us away. I but in Canada, hockey is king, and this is the golden one of the golden eras of Canadian hockey. The Flames had the near impossible task of having to throw their names in as a formidable opponent amongst contenders like the Oilers and the Canadians at this time. The Flames were pretty popular and successful out the gate, making the playoffs in their first season but getting knocked out in the second round. Wait, can I take you back to something? Is there a hockey team called the Canadians? Yes. 
The Canadian the Montreal, that'd be Montreal like Canadians. The Washington Wizards were like the Washington Americans. Yeah, unless instead of Americans, <laughs> the last A is an E. Yeah, <laughs> Americans. Close America. America. The American Canadians. <laughs> Just mash them all together. American Canadians. All right, sorry to distract you. Go back to my future. The next few years, they would make the playoffs, but get knocked out in the first round. So the GM, the only GM for the Flames, Cliff Fletcher, mm. decided that some of the players that were carryovers from Atlanta just weren't able to hack it in this high pressure of playing in Canada. Unfortunately, he had the task of keeping up with the Oilers, who at the time had this young gun uh, hockey player named Wayne Gretzky. Ah, oh, I've heard of him. Dominating of the, the North Jordan. Edmonton Gretzkys? Yes, of course. <laughs> yes, you've heard of them. Was he good at hockey? He yeah. is the greatest hockey player. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, okay. To put in perspective sure. for you, he's like the uh, the Jimmy Johnson of uh, hockey. That does nothing. For no. Me. I'm or sorry. the Jeff Gordon. I'm using NASCAR <laughs> to <laughs> our viewers who are mostly. <laughs> Mostly NASCAR fans. Mostly, mostly deep Southerners. Yeah. They're all from Atlanta, the actually. deepest South. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Where the sun don't shine and the plants don't grow. <laughs> Mama said. Mama said. <laughs> all right, continue. In his efforts to match the Oilers, Cliff became one of the first GMs to search for talent in American colleges, finding uh, players such as Joel Otto, Derry Suter, and Colin Peterson, and even became one of the first GMs to risk drafting players from the Soviet Union, trying Ooh. to convince them to come over to play in the NHL. Oh, that got communist. And look at what happened. <laughs> Canadian. C- Canada fell apart. Just absolutely crumbled. The team Cliff built was okay enough to force the Oilers to a Game 7 before losing to them in 84 when they would go on to win their second uh, Stanley Cup in a row. Mm-hmm. Mm. Beginning going into the 84-85 season, the players Cliff had acquired were really coming into their own, and they were starting a stretch from 84-85 to the 91 season where they would score at least 90 points in every season except one down year. The Flames were the team to the Flames were the team to beat the Oilers and stop them from uh, winning three cups in a row. They eventually would make the finals that year, only to fall to the Canadiens, where they would lose in five games. Uh, damn the Canadian, the Canada Canadiens. God, <laughs> you can't keep those Canadians down. It's the Canadian Montreal Canadiens, uh, technically. Um, oh, all right. Try to act like we know what we're talking about there. <laughs> all right, fine. <laughs> CMC Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> no, you can't relate everything back to football. Only NASCAR. Well, the first one was not, oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. I could see Christian McCaffrey being a NASCAR driver. <laughs> he's one of what, like three white running backs in yeah, the league? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Pro mustache. Oh. <laughs> From '83 to '90, either the Oilers or the Flames were the Campbell Conference representatives in the Stanley Cup Finals. The Flames would go on; they would win their division twice, two conference titles, and the President's Trophy of being the best team in the regular season twice during these years. They spent the majority of their first decade making the playoffs, being a top five team, making a Stanley Cup, only to fall to the Canadians or the Oilers. They were always the bridesmaid and never the bride. Mm -hmm. Cliff felt that it was time to try and find that missing piece to get over the hill. In the year, in the season of the... (laughs) In the year 1987. (laughs) The Flames' first year winning the President's Trophy in 87-88 season, they had their first 100-point season in history, ending a six-year reign of the Oilers being the top team in their division. It's their time to shine, but Cliff Fletcher felt that... Flames shine. Yes, Flames shine. They felt they needed more defensive help as they prepared for the playoffs. So, 
On March 7th, 1988, they shipped this rookie winger named Brett Hall along with Steve Bozek to the St. Louis Blues for a defensive player named Rob Ramage and a goalie, Rick Wamsley. <laughs> I'm sorry. Those are, those are made up names. And they, that's a, that's a tag team in uh, WWE actually. Oh, for sure. For yeah. Sure. Ramage and Wamsley. Yeah. Ramage and Wamsley. Ramage and Wamsley. <laughs> well, key your actually, car and beat your ass. It's spelled Ramsley, but Rick can't really pronounce ours. <laughs> it's, <laughs> so Rick, it it's Rick Wamsley. It's Rick Wamsley. <laughs> I'm sorry, what did you say Rick Wamsley? Anyway, Rob Ramage. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but once the playoffs of that season began, they defeated the Kings in five games, but then, as normal, ran into the Oilers and got swept out of the second round. Mm. Rob Ramage only ended up playing that full season with the Flames before he was traded away to Toronto. Mm. Rick Wamsley. Rick Wamsley. <laughs> Rick Wamsley. <laughs> Rick Wamsley. <laughs> Could never really assert himself as anything other than a backup for four seasons and then also ended up getting traded to Toronto in another bad trade that goes down in NHL history. But That's bonus content. All unloved hockey players end up in Toronto. All unloved athletes everywhere. End up in Toronto. <laughs> Brett Hall, on the other hand, ended up becoming a once-in-a-lifetime prospect that few really believed he could become the talent he was. Brett Hall was thought of, when he was young, as a pudgy, fun-loving, music-crazed bum. What, uh, what an eccentric <laughs> human being. Send him to the Kings. What? <laughs> music-crazed <laughs> bums? Yeah, that is the uh, this guy is fat and he Brett loves Hall music. Was offered up as what he was thought of. <laughs> it sounds like a scouting report from the sixties. Yeah, hey, right. guys, a music crazy. Ah, a bunch of hippies. Oh. <laughs> They're not businessmen like the rest of us hockey players. Exactly. <laughs> ice was more solid. <laughs> Layman's terms: Brett Hull was more just he really focused on shooting. He did not care about defense, and he was. Not known to be in great shape. My man. All right. So Way to go, Brett. Pudgy and fun-loving, not layman's terms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, those are, those are, those are the those technical are technical hockey <laughs> lingo is pudgy and fun-loving. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, sir, but he I was a just man who struggled a with pudginess all his life. <laughs> Brett, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, you're, you're pudgy and fun-loving, and your music-crazed bum self won't get you anywhere far in this league. Get out of here. <laughs> Go to Toronto. We don't you know no more. He just white fangs it. <laughs> In Brett Hall's first years of eligibility, he went undrafted, so he joined a lower-tier British Columbia hockey league where he broke their scoring record in his second year with 188 points in a season. He ended up getting drafted by Cliff Fletcher in 84 in the sixth round. He first took a pause before going to the pros to go to college where he became – uh, he set the goals, most goals as a rookie with 32 in a season and most goals in a season at 52 in just two years' time while being in school. Mm. He had established himself as just a goal-scoring phenomenon, but the issues that coaches continued to tell him about were they did, were concerned about his skating ability and his conditioning. He's just too pudgy for me. Is, is no one off. getting this? He's way too pudgy, and he loves music. This guy <laughs> – Poor fundamentals. Poor fundamentals. I mean, he can't even fit in his skates. Goddamn. His feet are so fucking fat. <laughs> he just slides around on the ice. Yeah. On <laughs> that does make me think of putting a sumo wrestler in oh, as goalie. Oh, I think that could work. Perfect. You'd either get scored on eternally or never at all. <laughs> never at all. <laughs> I risk. I risk. 
In the 87-88 season, Brett Hull had earned himself a spot on the roster, but coaches still kind of were on his ass about getting in better shape. Even with lackluster skating and conditioning, he started the season appearing in 52 games, scoring 26 times and totaling 50 points. Yeah, but how fat was he? Yeah. He was fatter than a punch <laughs> Have you ever seen the Christmas classic, uh, Santa Claus Comes to Town? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Burger Meister Meister Burger. Oh, yes. he's Burger Meister uh, Meister Burger? That's exactly that who dude. I was picturing. That was, mo- that was modeled after NHL That was modeled after Brett, Brett Hull. <laughs> Is that the ghost of Brett, Brett Hull? <laughs> Bringing me presents? <laughs> All right, sorry to keep interrupting. Yeah, sorry, Go ahead. Sorry. With the idea that his poor skating ability but raw power and shooting talent would make him a valuable trade piece, Cliff Fletcher decided that it was easy to trade him away with an already high-scoring offense. The team had just was on their first 100-point season. They were a scoring team but needed that defensive work, and Brett Hall, not known for his defense. In Brett's first full season with the Blues, he led the team with 41 goals, and the coaches were still concerned with his poor skating abilities and his lack of attention to defense. Attention to defense? <laughs> <laughs> Do you even know what we're doing out there, man? We're playing defense, goddammit. I'm just here to score. You can't, you can't put me in a box, coach. I'm a peacock, Captain. You gotta let me fly. <laughs> but after years of hearing the same kind of reprimand, he took his coach's advice seriously and showed up next season in much better shape and with the combination of a newly acquired center, Adam Oates, they formed a duo that was called Hull and Oates oh with Oates' God. prolific passing ability and Hull's godlike shooting prowess. Wow. Uh, wow. I don't even think this deserves a comment. Uh, how bad that is. <laughs> Get off. You know, Canada, go boo. I think it's St. Louis now. It's all Canada. It is St. Louis. St. Louis is Canada. Canada. <laughs> Hull <laughs> he just got it. <laughs> oh god, dude. I like to think that all the little hockey rinks in America are really just tiny Canadian embassies. <laughs> I like that for them. That that's our land actually. Uh don't take that from us. <laughs> We're skating in peace here. Thank you though. <laughs> Brett Hull would go on and join an elite group of Maurice Richards, Mike Bossy, Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux to score 50 goals in 50 games in the 1991 season. And then he did it again the next year. Mm, another one. <laughs> Want to see me do it again? <laughs> Bam. In his first three seasons with the Blues, he scored 228 goals, the second highest goal total in a three-year span only behind Gretzky. Wow. Who he, we established is good at hockey. Well, he's okay. He's, he's fine, all right? <laughs> He's no uh, Martha's Vineyard. He's no fat Brett Hull, but you know he's, <laughs> he'll do the job. Uh, can you imagine that glow up? Oh. <laughs> I'd like to think he got fatter. Yeah, <laughs> better. <laughs> better at he's like, he's like, like, we haven't heard that he lost the weight. <laughs> like, I like it, was all, he did. it was all water weight. <laughs> at the Hull and Oaks time, he got in better shape. Gross. Yeah, but like, he's like Mac in. Uh, he's like Mac in. It's always water. sunny. Just came just came back really. Yeah. <laughs> What's better shape to you? I don't know. He was better at conditioning, and he actually paid attention to the defense. <laughs> oh, I see. What are you, his coach? Defense is a part oh, of the game. I, I it. You are one of the scouts from the hockey <laughs> leagues out in nineteen ninety-one. Eighty-seven. <laughs> Come on, man. We're just talking about the nineties. I have no idea what year it is. <laughs> we're we're, we're in the, lost me with the dates. Sorry. <laughs> we are now in the nineties. Hey, Brett Hall okay. is. 
with the blues. And um, they made the hole in O's. And they yes, made the hole in O's. Famously, you know. In the 90s, after it happened. Oh, he was music crazed. Now I get the connection. There it is. Yep. During his time with the Blues, he won the Hart Memorial Trophy, which is the MVP award. And in his later years with the Blues, he had a rift with the coach at the time, Mike Keenan, over personnel decisions. Hmm. The GM was basically given the choice, Brett Hull or Mike Keenan. Keenan was fired, and the next game, Brett Hull scored a hat trick where he also hit the 500 career goal mark. Wow. Brett Hull would eventually leave the Blues in 98 after playing for them for a decade. And he would join the Dallas Stars, where he reached 1,000 career points, won his first Stanley Cup in 99 over the Buffalo Savers in a controversial goal. And once Brett Hull's contract was up in, uh, with the Stars in 2001, he was left with the choice, ring hunt or get paid as much as he could. Brett Hull at the time had beaten his father's mark of 611 goals and, as already established, was over 1,000 points. And coming off of a disappointing season of 31 goals in a season, which is nothing to nothing to shout at. Uh, Brett Hall decided to go hey, ring hunting. I don't think that's a phrase. Hey. No, it's not. But <laughs> hey, I'm joking. Sniff Yep. But if I want to ones. shout at it, I'm <laughs> There's nothing to shout at. Hey, stop scoring goals. Hey, hey you guys, stop that. Stop whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you, are, you sh- are you shouting at Hull? There's nothing no. to shout out here. <laughs> All right, continue. Sorry. Brett Hall decided doesn't care about the money, and he was mm-hmm. going to go ring hunting with an upcoming team of stars in the Detroit Red Wings. Woo! Mm. Hall even named the line he would play on, play on as two kids and a goat. Gross. Gross. That's a tough I one. I like, to you know, after, after the But, like, it works one, on so many levels. Yeah, Because, yeah, like, exactly. baby after, goats after are Hull called and kids. After I was pretty, pretty I, angry. I guess but two kids and a goat is better. I, I well, guess. now that it's his thing, I'm like, I'm more forgiving of it. You know, oh, maybe yeah. he has a condition. See, it infuriates me more. Mm. Like, now he's just rubbing into my face. During his stint with the Red Wings, Brett Hull would score his 100th career playoff goal, make it to two more Stanley Cup finals, winning one, bringing his career total to two. And Brett Hull's career came to an end in the 05 06 season, where at 38, Hull started the year only tallying one assist in the first five games. So he contacted the GM and announced he was retiring immediately because he just didn't feel he could play at the standard he'd set for himself. Let me guess. His retirement was him. He got onto the ice, and the ice broke. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm too old. (laughs) Legend has it. He's still under the ice to this day. Brett's Hall career ends with nine All-Star appearances, three first-team All-Star selections, one MVP, two Stanley Cups, 741 goals, which is fourth most all-time, and an induction into the Hall of Fame in 2009. Oh, my God. The Hall of Fame. Oh! Ooh! They really missed out on that one, didn't they? Two kids and a goat? Take that. Idiots. Because <laughs> of Hall of Fame. <laughs> now, the Calgary Flames, after trading Brett Hall, well, in the 88-89 season, the Flames made it to the Stanley Cup and won their first cup. This would be accounted for that this was also the year the Oilers had gotten rid of Wayne Gretzky. Mm, that might play a part. <laughs> Classic mistake. Then the wheels would fall off as they would go on to miss the playoffs for the first time since 1975 when they were in Atlanta. And they began a streak of not winning a playoff series from 91 to 2004. Pretty much the rest of Brett Hull's career. Wow. One of the longest droughts in NHL history. For the price for trading what turned out to be one of the greatest goal scorers of all time... The Flames did get their first Stanley Cup, 
but they would go on to suffer one of the longest droughts in NHL history immediately after their first taste of, taste of success. And Cliff Fletcher was also fired. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that makes sense. I can't blame him on that one. Well, how are you going to trade away the Pudge Master? I mean, come on. I mean, Red Hull. Uh, Hull and Elts. I mean, come on. Great duo. Great duo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, now that we've presented one of the worst moves in NHL history, we feel fairly comfortable and confident in presenting our own proposals for those GMs we believe need a little amateur help to make their professional decisions. Uh, Josh, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? All right, thank you for that. Uh, This uh, dear GM is for the Boston Bruins general manager, Don Sweeney. Mm, Wow. Uh, It's it's a young season, 2021 is, and uh, the Boston's doing pretty well so far. Uh, this week's power ranking have you listed at a crisp seventh. You're sitting at second place in the East, but I think you need to tweak your roster just a little bit. You have about $5 million in cap space right now, so you should be able to make something work. This is what I'm suggesting. The Boston Bruins trade for Keith Yandel uh, from the Florida Panthers, and in return, the Florida Panthers get Sean Curley and a 2021 second-round draft pick. Uh, Florida coach Jerry Quenneville? Quenneville. Quenneville has said that he'd rather give ice time to the young pups on his team than uh, make room for the 34-year-old veteran. So Boston will need to include Curley to uh, make the cap work, but the Panthers would get some cap room of their own and some ice time for their young players, and Boston would get even scarier. And that right there is a win-win. <laughs> Win-win. Win-wins are nothing to shout at. No, mm. nothing to shout at. Hey, you! <laughs> Andy, uh, you got something for us over there? Too? Yeah, I just want to start off by taking a second to acknowledge that hockey is literally one of the only sports where the na- the National League's homepage has the correct pronunciations of every player and every team. <laughs> like it's They literally have, have clips of that you could say, listen, where the, the person will just say their name. It's brilliant. Mm. Um, well... I chose not to use those. Yeah. Because... <laughs> no, I mean, the names are, the, rightfully so, they're difficult to pronounce, but okay. Oh, I like the correct pronunciation is the one that's in your heart. Yeah, I yeah, like to make an educating true. guess. Right, yeah. And... <laughs> I, I tried that, and just for shits, I was like, I'm going to just check, and I was wrong on all of them. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Yeah. All right, so, uh, dear GM Stan Bowman uh, of Chicago Blackhawks, let's be honest, bro. Your job is on the line this season. I know you feel the pressure. You had a great run in the first half of the 2010s, got a few cups under your belt, but Chi-Town's Hockey Club has been declining at a pace you have to get ahead of now to fix your mismanagement mistakes quickly. Mm. You guys are sitting at a whopping two, three, and three at the start of the season. Now, that, that for people that don't know hockey, the third number is overtime losses. So there are two wins, three losses, and three overtime losses at the start of the season. And we're definitely not counting your only two wins against the horrid two five and one Detroit team. Sorry, Austin. Let's Bro, <laughs> you better step I... off right now. outside. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, hey, what other teams have don't... a dynasty? Okay, hey, hey, hey. Uh, Golden Knights. Okay, well, we're uh, let's dis. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll balance it out, and we'll destroy the Blackhawks for a second. So let's go through your first four games of the season, shall we? The first two games you lost to the Lightning five one, and then five two. The next two games you lost to the Panthers five two, and then five four. Look, your oh, your goal through- such a good hockey. Yeah, hockey. Season. Yeah, right. So your go to <laughs> scores: Alex uh, it Dominique Kubalik. And veteran Patrick Kane are playing pretty well and have proven they can score consistently, all things considered. However, 
I think the problem with your team's performances this season are glaringly clear. Your young goalies are just not stepping up at all. I mean, the first four games have been abysmal. I just read a study on hockey graphs done by a guy named Eric Tulski, who claimed that goalies do not improve with age. In fact, on average, once they're past the goalie prime of 23-24, your less exceptional goalies decline in save percentage every year and very quick. So what I think you should do is trade for Minnesota Wild goalie, 33-year-old Cam Talbot, in exchange for Chi-Town left wing Alex Nylander, Wild can add some depth with some solid uh, with some solid improving scorer, and uh, Blackhawks would be able to absorb some shots with veteran leadership who has consistently put up good numbers throughout his career and can maybe help out your three struggling young goalies, or at the very least, can just get you some damn saves. Uh, the Wild can rely on newly drafted young star Capo Kakinen. Uh, <laughs> I've been trying that one for a while. Uh, like I've spent some time on that. Kakinen. Yeah, it's Kakinen. Anyway, uh, at goalie because by now he's proven that he should be in the league. I hope this helps Mr. Bowman because the way things are going, you don't look long for Chicago. I hope he <laughs> continues to be the worst and the Blackhawks dissolve because oh, that, they are yeah. trash. Hey, hey, veteran leadership is always necessary. Always necessary. Yeah. Exclusively. I actually would never want anyone on my team who is younger I than 28. only yeah. want that. If they're 40 or above, you got a spot on my team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Speaking of veteran leadership, let me go into mine. Uh, Jeff Gordon of uh, the New York Rangers, you won eh, won the lottery and were awarded the highest ranked prospect since Sidney Crosby in Alex Lafren- Lafrenier. 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 Your team is young at every level but your weakness is defense. Mm. You signed Jack Johnson. Oh, dude, oh, I love Jack Dude, Johnson. now he's music crazed. Why isn't this guy getting music crazed? You want to go upstairs and talk about it? <laughs> the definition of a liability right here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he doesn't know how to skate, yeah. so yeah. He surfs, dude. What? You walked in in a bathing suit and a, a surfboard. How would you feel if I walked, in, walked into your kitchen and just handed you a fisherman's net? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'm catching fish in the broiler, guy. <laughs> so Dad Johnson sucks at, at hockey. We get it. He he co- he will cost you more games than you will win with him, as proven in his time in Pittsburgh. You need a good defenseman with plenty of playoff experience. The San Jose Sharks are at the bottom of their division as well, and their window to compete is pretty much closed. They still have a great defenseman in Brett Burns, who was a major trade rumor last year. So now is the time to convince the Sharks to let go of their staple defender for a short-term defender to open up cap space and gain draft capital for the future. It's early in the season, but with this shortened season, you can't fall behind when you're in a a division as tough as the East. Ryan Strom has started this year terribly, and hockey being the superstitious sport that it is, maybe a change of scenery is needed, and salary cap-wise, he's a perfect fit to move to the West. My trade pitch is this. The Sharks acquired Jack Johnson and Ryan Strom with a third-round pitch from Buffalo and the uh, in 2021 and the 2022 second-round pitch from the Rangers. And the Rangers would acquire Brett Burns and a 2023 fourth-round pitch. They get their veteran leadership, someone to teach their very young uh, defensemen and uh, scorers as well, and give them some playoff experience if they can sneak in. And the Sharks can just... Prepare for their future. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. I am addressing GM of the Philadelphia Flyers, Chuck Fletcher. Mm. 
Not to be confused with the man we just talked about. Yeah. Cliff Fletcher. Yikes. Or maybe it's just the same guy. Wearing a mustache. Wearing a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> you hear him muttering to himself, he wasn't that pudgy. He just wasn't that pudgy. I should have kept him. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt Niskanen's unexpected retirement this past offseason. Ah, offseason. Left your defense. Talk much? <laughs> Words are hard, and you know that. God. I told you that in confidence. <laughs> the dude's unexpected retirement this past offseason left your defense in the lurch, and in the first several games of the new season, it's clear that you haven't found your way out of it. Your offense is strong, but your defense is giving up far too much, and given the age of your roster, you should consider sacrificing some youth to shore up the defense. I propose the following trade. Philadelphia re- receives Zach Renski from the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Blue Jackets in turn receive Joel Farabee, Sean Cortier, and the 2021 third and a 2022 fourth. The Blue Jackets are floundering and have been rumored to consider shopping one of the handful of assets they have. If this is true, it is most likely Renski since Seth Jones is as close to untouchable as you can get with the Blue Jackets. Renski is young, cheap, and talented, and he would partner well with Provorov. Losing Farabee is unfortunate, but he plays at a position of depth with similar statistical output as his teammates. Courtier would is added to make the cap work and is an expendable asset. Luckily, given the talent of Farabee, you only have to give up a limited amount of draft capital to make this deal work. Mm. So uh, short that defense, user overpowered offense, and maybe start to compete. It's going to be tough because you're in a really tough division, but... It could happen. Yeah, live your dreams. Really now. Live your life. I just want to be known as known as young, cheap, and talented. Mm. Well, he flew too you close are, to the sun. I know. I know. Young, cheap, and talented, and okay. we believe in you. You're at, you're at least two of those things. Thank you. Wait, I'll let you figure out which two. <laughs> but giving you a hint, in a couple months, you're only going to be one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, I'm just in my mid-upper 20s, okay? It's not that bad. And that is actually the pod. Now it's the pod. In the words of former NHL goaltender Jacques Plante, pronunciation check? Sure. Sure. Oh, Jack Plant. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, goaltending is a normal job, sure. How would you like it if in your job, every time you made a small mistake, a red light went on over your desk and 15,000 people stood up and yelled at you? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. And remember, this was mismanaged.